Welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast, unofficially presented by Bucky's. Hello, everybody. I'm Don Helbig alongside Ryan, sir. Ryan, how you doing? Um, I'm doing well. I, I visited the chiropractor for the first time in my life today. I've been having some lower back pain, and that was both that was interesting. They twisted me like a pretzel and snapped my back and stuff, but I do already feel better. So I'm feeling pretty good. How are you feeling? What what do you attribute your back issues to? Um, I would say carrying the weight of this podcast around all the time. Is that, yeah, is mean, that that's, a fair? That's a big burden. <laughs> that's a big burden. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's uh, so according to him, it's there's some sort of like curvature at the bottom of my spine. Um, and it, uh, he acted like it was pretty straightforward, and it was something that like I just go in two times a week for a couple weeks, and they put electrodes on my lower back, and um. They did this massage thing, and then he snapped me around a few times. And uh, they—I don't know if I mentioned this, but they did X-rays, and that's how they figured that out. But it seems pretty straightforward. But my problem is, and has been for several years, that if I'm on my feet for more than an hour, my lower back starts to feel super fatigued, almost like when you like lift weights and your like muscles are sore the next day. That's kind of how my back feels. But already feeling better, you know. What have you been up to? Well, you know, I've been keeping busy, Ryan. You know. Uh... The, the Major League Baseball trade trade deadline was, uh, you know, this week. So I was uh, glued to that to see if the Cincinnati Reds would make any moves. They did. Uh, if they they did, I would have to, uh, <laughs> you know, be ready to jump and and write an article for that for my uh, Reds uh, Substack, which is a uh, thing. Is I'm a Reds fan, but also uh, you know wrote a couple articles uh, for the about the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I've been doing some hockey writing, so that's kept me busy and and also doing yard work. Doing yard work. Okay. Doing so, yard work. Yes. So you're, so you're, you're busy. Your wife's happy and my back feels better. So what a great day to record a podcast. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been great. So just as a friendly reminder, you can find us on all your favorite podcast apps, Google, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Uh, and we're also on YouTube by searching for the attractions group podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at attractions underscore GRP. And if you're a Kings Island fan or even just a fan of Don Helbig, you can check out our other podcast, Tower Topics. Uh, Tower Topics is a video and audio podcast exclusively about Kings Island in which uh, Don and I dive into individual topics in smaller bite-sized pieces. So search for Tower Topics on your favorite podcast apps or YouTube or search for Tower underscore Topics on Twitter. Or no, it's X. I'm sorry. It's X. It's not it's Twitter X anymore. Now, yes. Don, you tra did a little bit of traveling this past week. Where'd you go? I went to Holiday World, Santa Claus, Indiana. Hadn't been there for a few years, you know, um, since the pandemic. Uh, so, you know, had a great time. You know, absolutely love their roller coasters. I, I can't decide which one is my favorite. There's something I like about each one. Uh, you know, I get off the legend and say, you know, this is probably my favorite now. And then I'd go ride Raven. No, no, no. I think I'm back to this one. Then I'd go ride the legend and no, nah, it's got to be that one, you know. And then I ride Thunderbird. And uh, that was my first ride on that. Blown away by that. And I'm thinking, well, maybe this is my favorite. So, um, you know, that's almost like picking your, your, you know, which one's your favorite child. I think when you're, you're talking about that park, I mean, they're all so good. Um, really enjoyed the food there. Had, uh, uh, say, um, it was um, hot honey chicken mac. Oh, really? And that's their new item this year. And unbelievable, unbelievable meal. Uh, so I, I kept thinking about that on my way home as much as I did the rides. Uh, so that was as memorable for me. So, you know, it, it was just a great weekend. You know, like I said good food, uh, a lot of fun riding the rides. Um, it's a nice little town, 
you know, if you have time to just kind of, you know, travel through, just don't go to the park, but just just look at the different shops and things they have. Uh, they're all within a couple miles of the park. I mean, there's a lot to see and do in Santa Claus, Indiana. Yeah, there certainly is, because Santa Claus was kind of an uh, an attraction before the park was built. It was built as uh, Christmas Town, right? Or was it Christmas World? Mm-hmm. Christmas Town. Christ- yeah, because when I visited, la- uh, when was my last visit? It was either 21 or 19. It was not the pandemic year. Whatever it was, was like their 50th, I mean, no, their 75th anniversary, I think. And they had a bunch of throwback stuff with the old logo and Christmas Town and and all that. So that's awesome. But uh, the where I differ with you is that um, you know you said you have trouble picking your favorite. To me, Thunderbird is one of the greatest rides that I've ever ridden. It is so freaking good. The launched wing coaster. Ooh, that launch is so intense, and it's almost like you think it defies physics just knowing how much that train weighs and it gets you up and you go straight up in the air and. Man, what a great ride. Uh, and that's not to put down the other rides. They're all excellent. No. That one's just really, really good. But the other thing that I think is kind of interesting about Holiday World is that when you think about family-owned amusement parks, you always think like Camden Park. But if you look at where the needle is with this, it definitely leans closer to Disney than it does Camden Park because of its theming and its attention to detail and things like that. Don't you think so? I do. One of the cleanest parks, too, that you're going to find. Yeah, very, very... uh polite and uh, understanding and accommodating associates as well. I really like that about them. Um, yeah, it's owned by Cook Development. Uh, it's helmed by Mac e- Matt Eckert nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. But they, uh, you know, their last uh, their last coaster was, was uh, Thunderbird, and that was over a decade ago at this point. Um, so they made an announcement. Um, so did they have any, before we get into the actual announcement, did they have any teasers up in the park or was it kind of like, Oh yeah. So they had yeah, things they had, about uh, gravy and stuff up in the park. Yeah. Yeah. There's different signage and things out there. Uh, you know, I thought they did a phenomenal job with their teaser campaign on social media. Uh, they like to have a lot of fun, uh-huh. you know, with what they do. Um, you know, they play to, you know, sometimes they'll play to the coaster enthusiasts. Sometimes they'll play to their, you know, their regular guests and that, but uh, I, you know, it's hard to find a park that has more fun with their teasers than Holiday World. That's right. And uh, so Holiday World finally, uh, yesterday, as of this recording, August 1st, 2023, announced their new ride, their new capital for 2024. And that video looked a little bit like this. Something savory is coming. The silver has been polished. The green beans have been casseroled. The turkey has been stuffed. The cranberry jelly is out of the can. The family is all here. The table is set. And the gravy is... Gone already? Where's the gravy? Where's the gravy? Good gravy! How'd we run out? It's time to go over the river and through the woods to Grandmother's House We Go with Good Gravy, America's Graviest Coaster. Thanksgiving dinner has flown by, but never quite like this. Your journey is nearly 1,500 feet long. You'll soar over 70 feet high forwards and backwards on good gravy. Travel at speeds up to 37 miles per hour, all in the world's largest gravy boat. 
Gee willikers, that's some good gravy. Coming May 2024 to a Thanksgiving themed section of a theme park possibly near you. So a gravy themed coaster, Don. Tell me about your thoughts about that. How funny is that? Yeah, good gravy. You know, I, I just really love that name. You know, I, I can't wait to see the merchandise they're going to have for it. Uh, but this family boomerang coaster, it's going to feature, you know, it's almost 1,500 uh, feet of track, 77-foot-tall spike, and it's going to reach speeds up to 37 miles per hour. Now, why that doesn't sound, you know, like super fast or anything, when you look at the design, the layout of this, I mean, you, you're going to be feeling like you're going a lot faster than 37 miles per hour. But what I like about it is it's a family coaster. A lot more guests can ride it. It perfectly complements the lineup of rides that they have there at Holiday World. And Ryan, I got to show you this. Oh my gosh. Vacoma hat, right? So if this ride by Vacoma is half as good as their hats, I think visitors to Holiday World next year are all in for a real treat. Oh man, I thought I was going to have to wait a couple more months to uh, to uh, to hear that quote from you since you tweet that every Thanksgiving. But how appropriate every is it? That's the Thanksgiving section of Holiday World. Yes. And uh, that's what made me think but about yeah, that. so when we uh, interviewed the fine folks from Vacoma at IAPA about Big Bear Mountain, they were nice enough to give us both little care packages that included that hat. And that hat's awesome. So it is one of the nicest hats that I've ever had i mean just top of the line quality um yeah so i I, and this reminds me i've been meaning to say this for a couple weeks on the podcast but uh got sent a hat also from coaster101.com so yes we did so did you get the hat too i did yes awesome so uh, I don't have the hat on me. I intended to show it on camera, but uh, check out Coaster101.com. Uh, Andrew Stillwell, great guy. He's been on the show before. Um, they have a fantastic website that really does some great work. So uh, shout out to Coaster101.com. And that's a random plug right in the middle of <laughs> this episode gonna, that has nothing to do well, with. <laughs> Andrew, if you're listening, we want to get you back on in a couple weeks after all these other parks out there announce what they're going to do. So somewhere right around you know Labor Day, we'll get you back on. Yeah. Bring, bring more that. hats <laughs> anyway uh, so yeah so really exciting and, and i really think the theme makes it um i i love how each section is themed to a different uh a, a different holiday holiday yeah you know uh the uh, and it's it's a charming place you know what's funny I mean, though really is. is of all of the holidays they're really only open on the fourth of july because they they have a christmas section they don't do christmas they've got a thanksgiving section they're not open that late in the season They've got a Halloween section, and I think they close like maybe second or third week of October. I don't think they're open all the way until Halloween. Could be mistaken. Uh, and then they have Fourth of July, which which they are open. So we got to think of some more good summer holidays so they can create uh, lands, you know, <laughs> and then uh, have big celebrations. Just because, what a great opportunity, you know, if if it's the Fourth of July section and it's for people have Fourth of July on their mind, having a big celebration or. You know, I don't know what else is during the summer. Nothing really comes to mind, but um, I, I always thought that was kind of funny that their particular season, the way that they operate, only hits one of the four holidays. Yeah. And I got to see a little bit, you know, they have the construction fence up, you know, so you got to see the land clearing and, and where the new attraction is going to go. Uh, but uh, good gravy opening next year at Holiday World. 
uh, I think it's going to be a hit. Now, Ryan, moving on. Okay. Uh, that wasn't the only only park that um, had a big announcement. And it's not even the only week. spike that had an announcement. No. You know? No. So uh, let's take a look at what guests visiting Cedar Point next year can experience. The adrenaline of high-performance racing on an all-new vertical speedway. Introducing Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch stratocoaster. Buckle in and smoke the competition on this extreme motorsport machine. Launch three times at speeds reaching 120 miles per hour. Drive the sky at 420 feet. Pump the brakes, cross the finish line. Take that victory lap. Get revved up on Top Thrill 2, coming to Cedar Point, 2024. So, Top Thrill 2. Um, it, it seems like the, the uh, super enthusiasts have, have were able to decipher most of what top thrill two was going to be as far as the spike the swing launch stuff like that um zamperla i i heard that rumor for for about a year and i knew that they could do it i have full faith and confidence but i always just assumed it would be intamin so it's really interesting that a company that's never taken on a project this big is uh pegged for one of the world's tallest roller coasters well, I think that's going to be a game changer too for the company because you know everyone's going to see what they're capable of doing and and going to want more. But uh, no, I, I think uh, I want to ask you this though: Do you consider it a new ride or a reimagined ride? Uh, in this particular instance, it's definitely a new ride because your experience on this is not going to be the same experience on Top to a Dragster. You know, and then people kind of bring no, up the the all. debate: Is it a new credit? Uh, I don't care personally. If I had to choose, I would say yes. Because, again, the ride experience is going to be way different from what you experienced uh, just a couple of years ago when it was the iteration of Top Tour Dragster. Now, looking at it, um, about first of all... But credit, let's go back to credits real quick. Yeah. Okay? You're, you're saying, okay, for you, you would count. You said you would count it as a yes, credit it would or be, you wouldn't? Because I, th I consider it, while it is isn't clearly a new iteration of Top Thrill Dragster, it is a new ride. It's going to be a completely different experience. So... Um, I would say you're better off. That's been a, that's been a pretty heated debate about whether or not you know on all these different uh, social media, mm -hmm. uh, you know the, the fan sites, the coaster enthusiast groups, you know everybody's you know arguing back and forth whether it should, whether it shouldn't. You know people are unfriending people because of that, blocking people because of that. Dogs and cats you know, living together, it, pure this, chaos. <laughs> you know the way I look at it is this, Ryan, is um, you know going to a park, creating memories with family and friends greater than collecting credits that's how i look at it so just have fun well and i i really think i okay i don't want to dog on anybody that has like a huge coaster credit count or whatever because if you enjoy that then keep doing it but i feel like if that's what really 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 matters to you and nothing else really matters you're doing it wrong anyway because like you mentioned it's about the memories it's about, it's about the experience and stuff like that a number is just a number and the, and honestly a coaster credit thing is something that like enthusiasts came up with like 20 years ago so it's not even like really a thing, um, I but uh, but do you think it's a new credit or not? I think you have to, because the ride experience has dramatically changed. Now you know if you look at say a ride like the Racer, where you know 
1996, they removed the last dip coming in. That doesn't yeah, change it yeah. as a credit. Yeah, you know, something like that doesn't change that. But when you're talking about, you know, what's going to be happening here with Top Thrill 2, you know, they're adding a second um, 420 foot tower, or tall uh, tower spike. It's got three launches, mm-hmm. a top speed of 120. Uh, it'll debut next year. We don't know the date or anything like that yet. Um, and, you know, just a remake of the ride that was the world's tallest and fastest when it debuted in 2003. I mean, it's it's the dominating structure, you know, when you're coming over the peninsula and you see the park. I mean, that's the structure that you see. So um, I'm glad they were able to reimagine it. Yeah. And you know, find a way to, to, to make this work. I think, you know, the word thrill, I like that in the name, top top thrill too i like keeping thrill in that name because that's what that ride is and was you know what it was and what it's going to be because uh when you know when it was top thrill dragster and it debuted you know it was a short ride you know everyone was saying like 17 seconds or whatever it was Mm -hmm. from the time you launched and went over the top and came back in but boy did you remember those 17 seconds so um you know my favorite ride at cedar point hands down top thrill was top thrill dragster you're gonna have like I said, you know, you changed it with the different launches and things. It's, you know, so, um, you know, a little bit longer experience that rollback, you know, everybody always raved about the rollbacks that they would have on, on top thrill. So you make it part of the ride, um, you know, with the reimagining there. So I think that's going to be fun. It's going to be unique. Um, I like the logo a lot. I think that looks great. I, you know, I think when you look at, uh, the announcement video, I thought very, very well done. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I, I really, so I was kind of rooting for like a, a twisted spike, um, just you know, kind of like how Wicked Twister used to have, uh, because that going backward is kind of a cool sensation. But now that I'm looking at this, like if you're going to go up as high as you appear to, you, it looks like you're going to go up about. I mean, if the spike is 420 feet tall, you get what 350, 375 realistically. You're going straight down from that point. So that's basically like one element of this coaster is a giga coaster right there. You know, um, right. So I, I think that's that's really cool. Uh, I, I like the updated colors. I think it looks really modern. Uh, I'm glad they didn't just go with uh, gray supports and white track. I'm glad they have the red in there to checker it. Um, so the red is now on the uh, the the top hat rather than on the bottom, you know, because it used to stop. Um and, uh, you know, the logo is really cool. I was a little surprised that they went with the name um, Top Thrill 2. You know, I, when when that page kind of came out, but Zamperla, uh, it looked like a placeholder. But, it, you know, part of me it was a little miffed by it. Like, I, w- I was wondering why they went that direction. But the other part of me is, you know, this is still Top Thrill Dragster in a lot of regards. And I think that to call it something else is, first of all, it's denying the past, which I'm not a big fan of. And it's it's just lying to yourself. You know, if they called it, you know, Formula One Racer or something like that, it's just, it's still Top Thrill. It's just a new Top Thrill. So Top Thrill 2, I'm kind of like, I really like having the sequel stuff uh, in parks because you don't see that a lot. You know, you, you know, obviously Phantom Theater Encore hit King's Island is a good example kind of of, of a sequel. But um, I, I kind of like the direction that's going. Uh, but, you know, if you ever had any concerns about a name of any coaster, let me remind, uh, I'll, I'll refer you back to our, probably our second time we had Arthur Levine on the show, and I asked him why every coaster in the early 1900s was Leap the Dips or Big Dipper 
or shooting star like they have five names and it, it, the name doesn't matter it only matters for the announcement and for the opening day beyond that nobody is sold on a ride based on the uh, based on the name um but you, I think merchandise. I think that plays a though, huge role. But do you care what the name is, or do you care if the logo looks cool? Because regardless of how you feel about Top Thrill Two, the logo looks awesome. Yeah, I mean the name can lend itself to, you know, what what the um, the logo or character, or whatever like that, might be in the um, the you know the design to get you the merchandise. But I was, you know, I was good with the name. I, I think that it, you know, like I said, everyone's going to identify it as Top Thrill, you know, anyway. So. Why not keep that as part of it? And being reimagined, you know, it is a sequel. It is a, you know, relaunch of this ride. So Top Thrill 2, I think, was the perfect name for it. Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, I'm cool with it. But, okay, let's go back to the merchandise thing you mentioned. So you saw that, that uh, did, well, I'm, I mean, I guess I should ask you, did you see the merchandise that Cedar Point had put out for it with the logo on it and so on? They have Basically, it's hoodies and stuff with the logo on the front. Yeah, right now, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I've seen so, so far. Same thing you've with seen. With that exact same logo, if it's spelled out Top Thrill 2 or Formula 1 or whatever, would that matter to you? I think it's, oh, that looks cool. I don't. It's not like it's saying like a slur or anything, you know? I honestly think the name does not matter all that much. Sometimes, you're right. It, I mean, at the end of the day, no. No, it's, it's about the experience at the end of the day that you remember more than the name or the logo. But for selling merchandise, you know, you you want to have something that uh, is pretty cool looking and it's going to have a long shelf life. You know, I always go back to the beast, that mm-hmm. name and that logo. Here we are 40 plus years later and it's still a strong, you know, seller for that park. And um, everybody still buys all the beast merchandise, even though they've already had the beast shirts. Not every year they got to get a different one. Uh, because that logo has withstood the test of time. Diamondback's going to be the same way. Uh, so I, I think the logo, you know, when you come up with the name, you got to have a logo that you think is going to have a long shelf life when it comes to merchandise. You know, and I think that plays a role. I, I, I agree. And let it. me tell you why the B stuff sells. Uh, there's there's two reasons. One, well, there's three. One is somebody comes from out of town, they want to ride the world's longest wooden coaster, obviously. The other one is. I bet for I bet the Beast is a lot of people's first big coaster, shall we say? You know, because even you could make the argument that like Adventure Express is like uh, a family coaster, but the Beast is a thrill ride, and for a lot of people, it's their first. So I bet that sells a lot. But for people like me, that I don't really care about whether it wasn't even my first thrill ride at Kings Island. To me, when I see the Beast logo, I associate it with my the feeling I get at the park. And that's why I'm attracted to it. It doesn't matter about the yeah. ride itself. But I think that Top Thrill Dragster did the same thing, and probably Top Thrill 2 will as well. You know, you get this. Yeah, now, let's talk about, the, we're talking about names here. Yeah. And we're talking about merchandise here. You know, when you look at Top Thrill 2 and you look at the, the logo and everything, it says, you know, thrilling, fast. You know, all of those things, excitement, it's all part of that, That uh, you know, those, those images that get conjured up in your head when you see Top Thrill 2. And then you look at Holiday World, good gravy, conjures up, this is going to be fun. <laughs> you know, it's enjoyable. You know, all those kind of things that you want it to be for the park, you know, that's what they want it to be. They want families to see it as fun. We all want to do it. You know, everybody wants gravy on their mashed potato and turkey and that, you know, during Thanksgiving. So it it fits, you know, both names fit perfectly for what these rides are and what the parks want them to be and what they want them to do, you know, for the the targeted audience. So um, I think Home Run for both parks 
on their new coasters, mm-hmm. their new names, and what they're going to be able to do with merchandise. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, so I put up a poll yesterday immediately after the announcements came out on our Twitter, attractions underscore GRP. And I said, today we saw two awesome ride announcements from Cedar Point and Holiday World. Which one did you like more? And now specifically, I said, which announcement did you like more? Not which ride did you like more? Uh, Good Gravy came up 61% uh, to Top Thrill 2's uh, 39%. Uh, And I think the fact that the Good Gravy was very much presented in a really fun, funny way that gets you excited about this family ride. Um, That's with a lot of votes, too. Um, And you know what I think, though, is when I kept looking at all the teasers and I love what Holiday World did, you know, how they they sent people to this website that didn't exist. And uh, they kind of put it all out there, you know, just on the gravy thing. And mm -hmm. no one guessed the name. Yeah. Hot hidden in plain sight, right? Yeah. I felt stupid when I saw like, how did I not figure that out when I was there over the weekend, looking at the, you know, the, the signage and the teasers in the park and looking at their social media. I'm like, how did I not get that would be the, so let me point this out. So this, this can keep you up at night. We found out that they were getting a Vacoma family boomerang about a month and a half ago because some enthusiasts had the moxie and the wherewithal to go through shipping reports and find what was being shipped to Santa Claus, Indiana from wherever in the Netherlands Vacoma is from. And they found the model and it said Vacoma family coaster. They sent every enthusiast that's on their media list gravy and they didn't guess that it was named the gravy coaster, the great gravy coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Makes me hungry though. Talking about that ride, Ryan, we gotta, we gotta kind of move on and do what I want to talk about gravy some more. Yeah, I think it's time for us to do the pick six. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right. The pick six. All right. Who is number one? Oh, it's me today. It's me today. Okay. Um, so let's talk about controversy real quick because Knott's for the 50th anniversary of Scary Farm is bringing back the show The Hanging. Uh, now, The Hanging was a show that was there years ago, and it featured simulated hangings of celebrities and, you know, things of that sort. Um, and, you know, for obvious reasons, some people didn't appreciate that. They didn't see the humor in it. But Nod said, you know what, for a 50th, we're coming back with it. Uh, dude, Scary Farm's got to be cool. I got to make it out there. You know, they're not afraid to do anything, you, you are do. they? You know, we talked about it, you know, in, in other episodes. It is the the granddaddy of the Halloween events, you know, 50th anniversary. This was iconic. This is what the event, uh, you know, was known for. Almost if you want to say what put it on the map or something, you know, it was that hanging that they did with all the celebrities. And, um, you know, I think Ken Parks, who's, you know, the, one of the entertainment people with, with Cedar Fair, I think he's one of the ones that, um, you know, uh, teased it at some event that, that he was at. And it's got... Uh, the not scary farm guests, you know, they're, they're excited to see the return. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So happy for knots. Uh, more info to come. Of course, uh, that's just a rumor, by the way, that's not necessarily yeah, just, just rumor, not confirmed. Yeah. That's not confirmed. And, uh, you know, but it's got everybody, you know, talking about it and, you know, here we are, what August, uh, 2nd, as we record here, that's only about, you know, a little over five or six weeks away before they'd open their events. So, you know, they're getting the ball rolling right now, getting everybody, you know, amped up for the 50th anniversary of Scary Farm. Nice. All right, moving on. Next story, we have uh, E.T. at Universal Orlando. They accurately predicted uh, that E.T. would uh, outlast 
Twitter. I love the way they had fun with this. And we talked about Holiday World, how they had fun on their social media channels. They always do. I think if there was a golden ticket for you know, the way that uh, parks interact with their guests and maybe other parks and um, you know, do those kind of things, I think you know, Universal Orlando or Holiday World, you know, they're certainly uh, going to be the, the two parks that you know, would be in the running to win that award. Nobody has, uh, has more fun uh, than those two parks. But uh, they didn't quite outlast twitter i guess you know just because the name changed to x and that so they're you know trying to claim it but here's you know a, a park that took an opportunity you know and, and made it in questions and everything uh, by putting that out there yeah yeah i completely agree um you know it, obviously for, for i mean again i always feel like i have to add context for the few that may not know this but uh twitter Obviously, social media app it was a publicly traded company. It was purchased by the world's richest man, Elon Musk, which is rather controversial. Um, and then, of course, everything's coming down saying he's going to ruin it. He's going to destroy it. It's going to be gone in, in two years or two months or whatever. So Universal tweets out um, E.T. the ride is going to mm-hmm. outlast Twitter. And because, you know, the rumor is always that E.T. is going to be removed because it's I think it's the only one left in the chain. But uh, and then right. uh, Elon, with his plan to switch Twitter to being an app for everything, kind of like um, not WhatsApp. There's uh, there's one in China that they use for transactions and social media and texting and everything. Uh, he changed the name to X. So technically, E.T. has outlasted Twitter. So they had a little bit of fun with that. So, yeah, very snarky team uh that uh universal orlando has uh working their social media channel so a lot of fun there um, with this speaking of twitter real quick and x what's your thoughts on the rebranding from twitter to x does it matter to you um does it matter no it really doesn't i i use the twitter for um uh for attractions group and tower topics uh i rarely use my own personal one except to you know, re- well, I retweet or I, I hate it. I think that it's like, I, I think social media in general is very toxic. And I think that, uh, Twitter is one of the worst. Uh, basically I, you know, Facebook got really bad, but it's gotten like a little bit better where you just scroll through and you just hear people just say awful things about other people. And it just got it bummed me out. I actually took uh, Facebook and I hid it within a folder. So I wouldn't just like you know, I'm sitting in a waiting room. I wouldn't just start scrolling through it. I've got to make the conceited effort to look at it. Um, yeah. But Twitter, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. And and this is not a referendum on Elon uh, because I, you know, obviously it was just as bad back in the day when it was publicly traded. It was just a, a nightmare. Um, but I, I, I think I saw a comedian that Joe Rogan was hosting on his podcast that best described it saying that twitter twitter is the bathroom stall wall of the internet no the subway bathroom stall wall of the internet basically any idiot writes things on there and if you even bother to do it you're kind of dumb this was back in the day this wasn't even talking about elon necessarily it's just that you know and generally speaking you know the whole point of social media uh for a lot of people and i consider myself honestly just one of these people where I only post when it's like, oh, I went to Disney or, oh, we got to do this or whatever. There are a lot of people out there that just want to, you know, 
air their laundry out. They want to feel special about something. They want to take credit for something that's not theirs. Uh, they want to act passionate about something that they don't really care about because they want the likes and the shares and stuff like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of social media, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, what I've done, Ryan, is, you know, when it comes to, we'll call it X now. Yes. And I, every day there's something different, you know, when I when I look at it, you know, there's a new feature, you know, or something else has changed. Like today for me, and I don't know if everyone else is seeing this yet, but for me, you know, it was a retweet. So now it's a repost, yes. which I like mm -hmm. that, you know, just say reposting on that. But for me, I've narrowed it down to, you know, the things I'm interested in, you know, the conversations about the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, NFL, the Reds, Major League Baseball, um, hockey, theme parks. Those are the things that my Twitter feed is uh, that I'm seeing because I've made it that way. That's what I want to see. So I don't see all the other stuff that, you know, you're saying like it's toxic and things like that. I don't really have that coming up on my feed because I've been able to kind of cater it in the things that I interacted with. So it is going to come up quicker on my, my feed. So I've, you know, it, it's, it always has been my favorite social channel just because of what I was looking for out of it to get that instantaneous news, the updates, uh, you know, with the algorithm that sometimes on Facebook, you can post at, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon and nobody's going to see that until, you know, 10 o'clock at night or, you know, seven o'clock the next morning, just the way the algorithm is. So for me, for the timeliness of it, and what I'm interested in specifically, our industry here, Ryan, you know, with theme parks, you know, I find that uh, that invaluable to, to have X. But I think we kind of got a little sidetracked there. Let's move on to the Yeah, next what the one heck on, are we uh, talking about? Here. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, it's my turn now. I never know. Sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so number three. So Indiana Beach in a day and age where it feels like parks are cutting hours in a lot of cases are actually adding hours. Uh, they're going to be open August 8th, 9th, and 10th from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. Uh, the water park will not be open those days. Uh so, and then uh, the article notes, these additional days mark the last full week the park is open for the summer. Can you believe that it's already like back to school season? And I know, you know and especially in Indiana. Yeah. You know, they go back the first week in August, already in, you know, so uh, it is great. You know, you mentioned, you know, while you see a lot of other parks, you know, you know, cutting, cutting hours and operating days to see Indiana Beach uh, adding days. I think this park has had a lot of tough times. So it tells me that, you know, they're having a, a pretty, you know, good year. And I certainly want to get there. It's been on my my bucket list for this summer. I haven't, you know, been able to do it yet. But these added dates, you know, maybe will give me a chance uh, to do that next week. You know, we'll have to see. But uh, uh, I, I think it's great to see. And, and, Ryan, I think you need to make a trip out there, too. Maybe we can go out there sometime together. I think, you know, it's there's a lot to, to do there more than you would think. And it looks beautiful at night, all the different yeah. uh, photos uh, that I've seen, you know, a couple of my friends were recently there and, and sent me some night photos. Um, it just looks magical at night. Um, you know, it's not your marquee park. It's not your, you know, your, your, your Cedar point, your Disney, your universal Orlando, uh, but it has a place like Camden park. A lot of people grew up going there and those are the kind of parks that, uh, you know, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm visiting now every year because you don't really know how long some of these parks may be around. I mean, you, you've seen parks, smaller parks, you know, having tough times. So you just want to make sure that you're supporting them. Yep. Completely agree. It's uh, I plan on getting out there this summer. I did not make it. And you know, that's so often famous last words. So 
yeah, maybe this year. Definitely next year, though, if not. What's next? What's number four? Six Flags Over Georgia is inviting guests to the park for an exclusive experience. The park is hosting a coaster fest uh, this month. It's going to be August 19th and 20th, so a two-day event uh, to give thrill-seekers and coaster enthusiasts a chance to get up close and personal with some of the most thrilling roller coasters in the southeast. Uh, guests can also get a look at the inner workings of Six Flags and have a chance to climb up two of the park's most recognized roller coasters to experience the Atlanta skyline at a new height. You know, Tickets on sale now at the Six Flags uh, website. Again, a two-day event. Uh, doesn't have any specifications that you have to be a member of a certain coaster club. I think you just have to love, love coasters, and you can take part in this event. Again, August 19th and 20th, it is Coaster Fest at Six Flags over Georgia. I have not been to Six Flags Over Georgia, and I do not have a valid excuse as to why. It's a nice park. You want to be, um, you know, conditioning is involved before you go there. there. There's a lot of hills in that 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 you have to walk around. But, uh, you know, no, really, really nice park. Um, you know, that was one of the first road trips I made when I, you know, got into roller coasters and, and parks and wanted to travel around and, uh, you know, just love the park, you know, really, really nice. Um, Mindbender, one of my favorite coasters. That's awesome. Uh, the Scream Machine, wooden coaster. I mean, Ryan, you, you definitely have to get out there. Yeah, absolutely. Spread your wings, Ryan. I know. I, I will fly. I will fly like a young one. Okay. Number <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 this was supposed to be a good podcast and we've gone so off the rails, but I'm enjoying it. And that's what matters. It's an audience of one sometimes. Number five. Disneyland Resort in Anaheim has unveiled Pixar Pool at the Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel. This Finding Nemo-themed water play area uh, is part of the reimagining of, of the actual area. Disneyland's doing a lot of stuff right now, aren't they? You know, not just they with the are. pool. I mean, they've got several attractions under construction. Aren't they opening a Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway there soon, too? Yeah, yeah, just a lot of activity there, Ryan, like you said, and... It's great to see. Yeah, it's great to see. I, I agree. Um, I have not been to Disneyland, uh, but I, I need to make it out there. Everyone says that um, the individual attractions are better than Disney World in a lot of cases, um, but you don't have the size and the scope of Disney World. But very, very cool. Awesome. And the final one. All right, number six. Universal Orlando Resort has revealed that its new Minion Land is slated to, to debut August 11th. Uh, the Despicable Me theme land will feature the Illuminations Villain Con Minion Blast attraction and a meet and greet area, retail location, and eateries. It seems like every time we do an Attractions Group podcast, uh, Ryan Universal Orlando Resort is building something, renovating something, adding something. Uh, a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, or Universal Orlando. I mean, forget the fact that they're adding, um, you know, this minions or what. They're building a whole park. Like, uh, we used to do updates on that, but it became kind of stale. Like, oh, more vertical supports for this new park. Um, but Epic Universe is going to be uh, such a game changer. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how that's going to affect the whole like Central Florida landscape. Uh, Disney's got to pick it up. Disney's already hedging their bets with Tron and stuff like that, but um, just absolutely incredible. 
I don't know. We got to make it out to Universal again soon. Actually, I'm going in like September. I'm going for horror. That's going to be a whole other episode. Spoiler alert. Uh, I'm going to Horror Nights in September and I've booked a three house VIP backstage tour for three of the houses. Um, yeah, I can't wait to do that episode with you and, and get your thoughts on, on what you think about that event. Yeah, I, I, I have been to Horror Nights before. It's been seven years or so, I'd say. So I'm pretty much due to come back. Uh, as I mentioned on an earlier podcast, now Disney AP holder. So uh, we're, rub it in, rub it well, in. Yeah. And I mean, not only am I a Disney AP holder, I should probably point out that, uh, you know, I just, there's several peripheral things. You get magnets, you know. And then there's one more. They actually mailed. I got these at Animal Kingdom. The three that that I'm, you know, that you can't see if you're listening to the audio version. But I, this Mickey one they mailed me for some reason. So really nice. But anyway, uh, in all honesty, we're we're gonna go down there uh, over a weekend uh, here in September. And uh, our plan is the first day is to get Express for Horror Nights. So we're gonna pay for Express uh, to be able to do all the all the houses. Uh, I think there's ten or ten of them this year. Uh, and then the next day we have a VIP backstage tour. Uh, then we're going to probably do horror nights again, maybe that night, maybe. Um, and we've got friends that are coming into town with us and they're going to leave after that. Uh, Aaron and I are going to stay and we're going to do Disney for like four or five more days. We might do a Disney water park. I've never done that before. You know, Typhoon Lagoon's yeah, I open. I think, uh, I'm looking at getting an annual pass. Joining you on that, you've you've made it sound like I have to do it. Well, it's it's not it's so much that you'd get an annual pass. It's the fact that I'm compared to you, I'd be a legacy annual pass holder. So I can't let you forget that. <laughs> no, I want to go there, you know, quite a bit, and you know, because I love Disney. Uh, my daughter has sold me on doing a Disney cruise after doing that yeah, on her honeymoon. She tried to sell sell me on uh, it as well. <laughs> She said she's become a cruise girl now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm looking at doing that and, you know, I want to get back to the parks, you know, now that things have, um, you know, kind of settled down from the, the pandemic and it's kind of getting back to the, the normal operations and things right. for all the parks. And, um, so I want to, I want to see that. I want to do Tron. Uh, um, yeah, I still haven't done Tron. I mentioned that in a previous yeah, episode. So there's a lot of things I want to do. And, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I want to be able to get there, you know, three, four times a year now and be able to do that. So I think, you know, going there a lot and there's a lot of other parks I want to visit. Uh, so I think by the time we get into episodes, you know, 100, you know, plus and everything like that, I think between the two of us, you know, there's not going to be a week that one of us wasn't at some park somewhere. Yeah, I agree. So we've got to start making money by episode 100 plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To pay for these trips. Right. Um, I have other plans. I have plans on how I'm gonna gonna be able to finance all of that stuff. So that's cool. I wouldn't talk about your plans on the air because they could use it against you in the court of law. All right. So Don, any final words of wisdom before we wrap up for the week? No, no, no. It's just you know I I just really enjoy you know talking about what parks are doing this time of year. You know, uh, you know, love what Cedar Point you know is doing. Love their announcement video. Love what Holiday World is adding. Love their uh, announcement video so looking forward to a lot more over the next several weeks uh to see what everyone else is doing it's an exciting time if you're uh, a theme park fan uh it's like christmas new year's fourth of july all rolled into one uh to, to learn what these parks are doing yeah and the, the cool part is it makes uh doing the pick six a lot easier but you know 
uh, full disclosure when we when we write the pick six oftentimes we find i don't know if you have the same experience but i find two or three that i'm like oh this will be a great conversation and then it's kind of like you have to settle for some but then there are a lot of episodes when it's like you have eight that you love and you have to decide which two to cut so we might <laughs> yeah the cuts are tough you know sometimes it really is hard to to cut and we try to at least i do ryan i try to you know think about what our audience you know might want to hear about so we try to put that in that's why you see you know the disneylands and the mm. disney worlds and the universal because we know our audience is you know fans of those parks and and visit them frequently so it makes sense to have them as you know part of the pick six each week of course but anyway um so uh, if you want to continue to party with us, make sure you're looking for us on YouTube by searching for the Attractions Group podcast. You can listen to the audio version on Google, Spotify, uh, Apple, you know, all those other podcast apps. You know where to find it. Uh, our Twitter is at Attractions underscore GRP. And if you're local to Cincinnati or you're just a Kings Island fan, then make sure you check out our second podcast, Tower Topics, where we talk all about Kings Island. And, you know, both of us have pretty unique points of view and we kind of... Uh, talk about where we're coming from with a lot of the stuff so that's a really fun one so uh we'll see you next week everybody thanks again